and... This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. It's just what we needed. Another existential threat to civilization, and this is one you probably never even considered. You know what it's called? The quantum apocalypse. The quantum apocalypse. And we're going to explore that here today as we consider the future of the infamous mark of the beast, the mysterious mark. The mark of the beast, undoubtedly the most familiar and feared of the multifaceted aspects of biblical prophecy, yet it remains mysterious. People are going to go to great lengths to avoid a telephone number, address, or social security number containing those successive digits, 666, requesting changes from business and governmental agencies to remain distance and disassociated from the infamous number of the beast found in Revelation 13, 14, and 17, as well as Daniel chapter 7. Yet to what degree, if at all, do people understand the significance, the spiritual significance of that mark of identification? If indeed it is of such potent prophetic significance, why, why does the Bible seem to imply that the mark of the beast will be nearly universally accepted? And why are the implications, what are the implications for you and your family and your congregation? Well, plan for the mark, friends. Plan for it. Plans are well underway for the implementation of the perfect identification marker to solve national and international problems that are proliferating with the rise of electronic technology and globalism. These plans take a variety of expressions throughout the nation's and Israel's recent action provides a classic illustration as revealed by an editorial in the Haaretz Israel National News. Here's what it said. The Interior Ministry wants identity cards to obtain, contain fingerprints and biometric photograph in order to prevent forgeries and impersonation. The Cabinet approved the proposal unanimously, but there had already been a public outcry. In its editorial, that is, the editorial of Haaretz Israel National News, it was titled, Who's Afraid of Fingerprints? So follow the rationale, if you can, responding to the public reaction, because I think it's illustrative of arguments presented around the the world justifying the rapid implementation of privacy-invading technology. So here it is. Here's what the newspaper in uh, Israel had to say about this. It's hard to understand why a fingerprint, though unique and thus enabling absolute identification, is rousing opposition in a society where most personal information is available via court order or illegally. It's impossible to prevent the existence of databases that are potentially injurious to privacy, but technical and legal means must be created to keep information from passing between bodies. And the main objection is to the database, not to the biometric ID cards. The fear of the data being misused is justified. However, the argument that only totalitarian states fingerprint their citizens is wrong, says the Israeli newspaper. 
England is gradually shifting to biometric passports in the United States fingerprints every government employee. Israel already has a fingerprint database of all Israeli Defense Force conscripts since 1973, and the new database will be acceptable only by judicial order. Well, that's comforting, isn't it? Since the secret courts seem to approve everything, at least in the U.S., that the FBI wants them to approve. As with any legislation that infringes on a basic right to some extent, the potential damage has to be weighed against the benefits. So, the paper goes on to say, if there is a simple available technical means that can prevent hostile elements and can also replace worse, more invasive means like wiretapping, interrogation under torture, arrest and surveillance, then it should be welcomed and should be put to use sensibly and soon. Well... Welcome. Welcome to the quantum apocalypse. Welcome to the quantum politics, uh, excuse me, uh, apocalypse. And I am so glad that you joined us here today on Viewpoint. I trust that this is uh, going to be something that is going to grip your mind and your heart because things are moving so rapidly and the most of us don't have a clue what's really going on behind the scenes. But it's still going on. They say ignorance is bliss. Well, it may be bliss until the fact of that which you didn't know takes hold, and all of a sudden you realize that ignorance was not bliss at all. It could be catastrophic. And that's why the quantum apocalypse is called just that. The danger is from quantum computers, which are very different than computers produced in the past century. Theoretically, they could become faster, incredibly times faster than the electronics of today. Now, that's saying something because the electronics of today, if you follow up on it at all, you realize that there has been an unbelievable press over the past 20 years to create ever faster computers, massive computers that can compute so fast that it's, well, it's just mind-boggling. It seems impossible. How could such a thing happen? But now they're saying this new genre of computers, the quantum computer, can put all of those to shame. Now, why would that be significant in the context of the promised, prophesied mark of the beast? Because in order, friends, for that mark to actually take hold and be operational, it is going to require massive ability to control, massive ability, massive computations and information such that the world has never seen to date. And it all is going to have to be managed so rapidly that it would, I guess, approximate the speed of light. And that's what we're talking about here today on Viewpoint. Now, don't trust me to be able to communicate to you all of the details and ins and outs of quantum computing, because I'm not going to be able to do that. I did not go to MIT or Caltech. I had a brother who did go to Caltech, and I had a dear friend who graduated from, in fact, several who graduated from Caltech. But quite frankly, this is beyond my pay grade, quantum computing. Computing. 
But I'm going to share this information with you here today so that you can understand where things are and how rapidly they are moving toward a computerized situation to supposedly solve all of the concerns uh, of the of the world, the countries of the world, the businesses of the world, the individuals in our world concerning the uh, compromising of data, the stealing of data and information, and the ability, by the way, for massive amounts of information to be massaged and managed by a central power or source. Like, for instance, a one-world government. Stay tuned, friends. You're listening to Viewpoint. Viewpoint does determine destiny, always has and always will. We'll be right back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Today, we merge the discussion of quantum computers, quantum computing, with the subject of the prophesied mark of the beast. And the mark is coming, friends. Whether you want to believe it or not, it is coming. In fact, it's coming far more rapidly than you could possibly anticipate. God, in his great love and his mercy, foretold through the prophet Daniel, and through the apostle John, that a great beast government was going to arise as man's final and ultimate expression of government without God. It's called the final resurrected Roman Empire, and the book of Daniel says that it will be exceedingly dreadful. Well, we're seeing the ancient Roman Empire resurrected. We've talked about it here on Viewpoint. I urge you to get a copy of my book, King of the Mountain, that will help you to understand how it is indeed being resurrected. The entire Western world, by the way, is the resurrected Roman Empire. The entire resurrected, the entire Western world is the resurrected Roman Empire. And that is the group of nations that is seeking to form a one world government. Now, China wants to form a one world government based upon China ruling everything. But the one world government that we're concerned about, that the Bible seems to be concerned about and warns about, is a resurrected Rome, a resurrected Roman world government. Rome ruled the world, as you recall, when Jesus Christ came on the scene. And it's going to rule the world when he comes back again. So that gives us the time frame there, and uh, we see it happening as we speak. So the power of this empire promising peace is going to be such as to deprive the citizens of the world of privacy. And that's so that it can solidify its all-encompassing control. There will be no need for privacy. In fact, 
Uh, you may recall, as we have spoken many times here on this program in the last several months, that Klaus Schwab, the founder of the World Economic Forum, declared just a few months ago that as this new, this great reset comes into position by the year to, uh, 2030, which is just eight years away, just eight years away, friend, say that to yourself, just eight years away, he said, by that time, you will own nothing and be happy about it. Now, how's that going to happen? What changes are going to take place in our world such that that could even remotely happen? And yet he declared it without a heartbeat, without even a beat, but without missing a beat. Something dramatic is going to happen. And it's going to happen because the vision of the global elites, if you want to call them that, those who, who are basically God haters or God rejecters who see government as the ultimate savior of mankind, i.e. a global government, will do everything they can. There will be nothing that will stand in their way to accomplish that goal and that purpose. They see that as the ultimate goal of all history. That's how they see it. You may not see it that way, but that's how they see it. And that's the reason, by the way, to interject a little politics in here, That's the reason why they had to get rid of Donald Trump. It had nothing to do, not really, with his tweets. What it was about is he said, we're going to make America great again. And they said, no way, no how, because we're going to build a new world order. We're going to build a global government, and you're getting in the way, and we're going to do whatever we have to do to get rid of you. And that's what they did. Lie, cheat, steal, whatever. We have to get rid of you because we're on the cusp of achieving what we have been looking to do for several generations. In fact, what world leaders have been looking to do since the building of the Tower of Babel in Genesis chapter 11. Now, the power of this rising, resurrected Roman Empire, the beast, promising peace, is going to be such as to deprive the citizens of the world, that's you and me, of privacy in order to solidify their all-encompassing control. That's what their work with COVID and the vaccine has been all about. That's why they continue to want to keep control, to want to have more and more vaccines. That's why Dr. Fauci wants to have babies vaccinated, new babies he wants them to inv- be involved in a three-course shot problem or, or plan, program. Why? It's all about controlling from cradle to grave, friends. That's what it's about. Now, in order to accomplish this control, ultimately, this beast empire causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead. You can read about that in the book of Revelation, chapter 13. And and the Greek word translated mark actually means scratch or etch. And that mark signifies the number of a man, or you might say the number of man, 
which is the number of the beast. Now think about this. That number is 300, 3 score and 6, or 666. What is the number of perfection in the Bible? 7, right? Now if you take the number 7 describing God... And then you have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You have 777, right? So 666 is mankind's best effort to achieve godhood. I believe that's what it really means. There's been a lot of speculation, theorization over the centuries, trying to identify the beast and this mark. But I think really what it's really about is mankind's best effort to become God. Now, when you read my upcoming book, that we're editing and proofreading as we speak, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages, when you read that, you're going to find out how this is really working. Not so much with regard to the mark of the beast, but how the alternative is being set up so that The world is being prepared to receive a counterfeit Messiah, a false Messiah. And you'll be surprised who it really is. Oh, you will be. So, we want to go back and take now a a further look at this quantum apocalypse. We're talking about not just quantum physics now, we're talking about quantum computing. So I want to share with you uh, excerpts from an article that came out reporting on a British Broadcasting Service uh, interview concerning this subject. The danger from quantum computers which are very different than computers produced in the past century, is that they could become faster, incredibly times faster, than the electronics of today, as fast as they are. And that means that faced with the incredibly complex and time-consuming problem, like trying to decrypt data, where there are multiple permutations running into the billions A normal computer would take years to break, if ever. But a future quantum computer, in theory, could do this in just seconds. Are you beginning to get the significance now? This is the kind of thing that's going to be necessary. This is the kind of computing power that is going to be necessary to rule the world. To govern all economic factors in the world to keep track of everything. It's amazing. It's beyond my pay grade to fully comprehend this. The article goes on to say, while such devices could help solve all kinds of problems, there is also a troubling dark side, something known as the quantum apocalypse. Right now, there are many countries working hard on this in the netherworld of cyberspace. The U.S., China, Russia, the United Kingdom. Some are investing obscene amounts of money in developing super-fast quantum computers for strategic advantage. 
So the writer asks, are you concerned about a quantum apocalypse? (laughs) Well, it's hard for us to know how to be concerned about it because we don't know anything about it, right? So Harry Owen, the chief strategy officer at a company called Post Quantum, told the BBC, everything we do over the Internet today, from buying things online banking transactions, social media interactions, everything we do is encrypted. But once a functioning quantum computer appears that will be able to break that encryption, it can almost instantly create the ability for whoever's developed it to clear bank accounts, completely shut down government defense systems, Bitcoin wallets would be drained, and it's not theory. It's a fact said the chief executive of the Cambridge and Colorado-based company, Quantinium. He said, quantum computers will render useless most existing methods of encryption. They are a threat to our way of life. A threat to our way of life. Quantum computers. Well, this is exactly what Klaus Schwab has in mind to change our way of life, friends. Perhaps you have not recognized that yet. This is about, the Great Reset is about changing your life, radically changing your life. So radically that you can't even comprehend what that would be like. It is a new world order. Not a made-over world order, a new world order. Or as some have said, the new order of the ages. So why hasn't the public been made aware of this threat? Well, it's become a cyberspace race to avoid the quantum apocalypse. And they don't want to scare people. But tech giants like Google and Microsoft, Intel, and IBM are working on solutions as well as more specialized companies like Quantinuum and PostQuantum. The BBC reports that most importantly, there is a currently something of a post-quantum cryptography taking place even at the U.S. National Institute for Science and Technology just outside Washington, D.C., The aim is to establish a standardized defense strategy that will protect industry, government, academia, and critical national infrastructure against the perils of the quantum apocalypse. Developing quantum-safe algorithms is one of the major security challenges of our time, said the BBC. Just thought you'd like to know that. Who's going to get there first? Big tech? The Chinese? The Russians, Americans, British? Or is it going to be a composite of those who are conniving, conspiring, confederating, whatever term you want to use, to create a new world order? The new order of the ages. The final resurrected Roman Empire, the Beast Empire, that will establish its mark with every man, woman, and child, that whoever does not receive the mark will not be able to buy or sell. 
In other words, will not be able to conduct any kind of business. It's going to require a choice. It's going to measure the trust of every human being. The primary purpose, from a spiritual sense, of the mark of the beast is to test your trust. The global government will measure your trust, your allegiance, by whether or not you take the mark. You'll, you'll, you will not be required to take the mark in one sense, but if you don't, you're not going to be able to buy or sell because you won't be able to enter into the economic system that's being redefined, reinvented for mass, maximum control. Are you beginning to understand? We'll be right back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. The quantum apocalypse, that's what we're talking about here today, in the context of that which is developing to implement the infamous mark of the beast, of Revelation chapter 13 and 14. Now, why would we talk about this? Is it just for information? Is it to terrify people? No. It has nothing to do with trying to cause fear to arise in the minds and hearts of our listeners. That is, at least fear of man. The reason for this is the same reason that God made it necessary, in fact, found it necessary to provide to you and to me this information in the Word of God. It was not put there to terrify you, it was put there so that you would have the proper spiritual response to prepare the way of the Lord in your life because Jesus, Yeshua, the Holy One of Israel, the Savior of the world, the Messiah, is coming back very soon. And he's not going to come back for a bride with spot, wrinkle, or any such thing. Without holiness, no man will see the Lord. He is not going to come back for a rebellious bride. He's only going to come back for one bride, friends. And that bride is made up of those who profess, who not only profess the name of Christ, but who are walking in righteousness and in holiness. Because he's not going to have a bride with spot, wrinkle, or any such thing. You see, you have to tie the whole Bible together. 
You can't interpret what the, the Bible based upon one or two favorite verses of yours that make you feel good. You have to look at the whole piece. And I just shared with you a good balancing of the Scripture in that regard. God wants you to be prepared. Many of the parables that Jesus gave during his ministry on earth had to do with being prepared. As it was in the days of Noah, as it was in the days of Lot, how about the parable of the ten virgins, five foolish and five uh, not foolish who had prepared? You see, it's all about being prepared. This is why here on this program for years and years now, we have said we're preparing the way of the Lord for history's final hour. Whether we're talking about fathers, as we did yesterday, whether we're talking about marriage, as we've done so many times, regardless of what it is we talk about, it's always about some aspect of preparing the way of the Lord for history's final hour. Because that's God's intention. That may not be the intention of those that you're familiar with, uh, uh, with socializing with and so on, but that's the Bible's intention. From the beginning to the end, It's all about providing understanding so that you and I, as human beings made in the image of God, would embrace God's heart and viewpoint as revealed in his Son, full of grace and truth, and walk with him in holiness and in righteousness. To receive his salvation... That's what it's all about. It's not about some instant time when you made a confession of faith. If you think that that's what the Bible is all about, you are sorely mistaken. It's about a walk. It's about a life. It's about a relationship. It's about truth, living truth, not theoretical truth. Not factual or cognitive truth, real, operational, living truth. That's why James, the brother of Jesus, said, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. Now, that having been said, so that we understand where we're going here, I want to make available to you my latest book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. And there's an entire chapter called The Mysterious Mark. Among many other things, this is a significant book, 450 pages, but there's an entire chapter called The Mysterious Mark that lays out so much necessary for people's understanding of what's taking place. And then we're adding to it today, for instance, with the information concerning the quantum apocalypse, the new realm of emerging realm of quantum computing that is going to eventually, most likely, take over from the computing world as we know it. And the potential threat of that is why they're calling it the quantum apocalypse. Now, believe it or not, the word apocalypse actually does not mean what most people think it means. It means unveiling. 
That's where the word apocalypse means, the unveiling. So the revelation of Jesus Christ basically is the unveiling of Jesus Christ. It's the apocalypse. That's why that book is called the apocalypse. The unveiling. And that's what we attempt to do here every single day. In one way or another, the unveiling. In fact, the uh, title of my soon-to-come-out book, and I say soon, probably somewhere around early summer, is Messiah Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. That's the apocalypse. All right, so we move forward now, and I want you to get a copy of the book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter, because it's going to help you to understand the greater picture environment in which all of these things will take place. It's been developing over time, thousands of years now, and we're now approaching the end of the age, the very end of the end of the age. $22 will put it in your hands. Antichrist, how to identify the coming imposter? Uh, $22 on our website, saveus.org. Saveus.org, give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Now, let me just say this. For about a week now, our phones have been down because Verizon has has uh, dug up uh, power lines so as to install Fios, and they accidentally cut through our regular telephone lines, and we're hoping that within the next day or two, they'll be reinstalled. But if you have a hard time and you try to call in of the number that I gave you, you may not be able to get through. You can give it a shot. Maybe wait till tomorrow to do that. Otherwise, go to the website, saveus.org, or write to us. All right, now let's talk about uh, the prophecy of this mark and the purpose of this infamous mark. The purpose of the mark of the beast is to confirm your identification with and your allegiance to mankind's ultimate expression of self-government. That is, self-government without submission to the Creator. And this is what, for instance, when the Democratic Party, you don't want to hear me say this, but I'm going to say it anyway because it's true, when the Democratic Party keeps talking about our democracy and the threats to our democracy, our democracy, our democracy, they're not talking about democracy as our early, our founders talked about it. In fact, our founders hated democracy. They feared democracy, the way the Democratic Party talks about it. Precisely of the way the Democratic Party talks about it. Because the Democratic Party, by and large, has divorced itself from God, from the Creator. Therefore, it's all about man and his unfettered power to rule the world. That is the Democratic vision, the Democratic Party's vision of politics. Rule the world. 
That's the reason why they've imported 2 million people across the southern border alone just in the last year. Why? To build up an army of voters to make it impossible for true democracy to take place. They're not interested in democracy. They're interested in absolute control. And what they want in the U.S. is also what they're seeking to implement for the world. Absolute control. Not by someone who loves the Lord God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, but by those who don't. So the purpose of this mark that is going to come sooner than you can think is going to determine who you submit to. Do you submit to God and trust him, or do you submit to godless man and his government that is seeking to replace God? So your willingness to carry that mark is going to reflect both the condition of your heart before God and your willingness to conform to the will and ways of a world system that is calculated to replace your trust in your creator with trust in man. It's as simple as that. So you can see the purpose of the mark is of profound spiritual and eternal significance. It involves the necessity that you we cannot avoid of making a choice. And that choice will be rendered more or less difficult by your true spiritual condition preceding the presentation of the mark. And lest you should think that somehow you will not have to face that if you're still living, the scripture gives no indication that professing believers in Christ will not be faced with that profound choice. In fact, contrary, that's contrary to all the warnings of Scripture to believers. Now, we'll be back in just a few moments. Think on these things. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. I know we speak uh, rather straightly here on this program. We don't mince words. Uh, we don't try to camouflage and uh, uh, soften the edges uh, so that somehow people can dance out from under what really is being said. 
That's been our problem now for many, many years among professing Christians. Too much effort to please people by softening the edges so that they miss the truth. God, in his great mercy and compassion, is making it possible for you to know the truth. Whether you accept it or not is another thing. Every one of us has to make a choice. And we're making that choice daily. Yesterday we talked about fathers. Fathers are having to make a choice. Grandfathers are having to make a choice. Either we will or we will not be godly fathers. Either we will or will not prepare our children and our grandchildren for the times that are coming. And, by the way, the time to begin that is today. Not yesterday and not tomorrow, but today. Today, if you will hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Today and every day, we must be about preparing the way of the Lord. Now, the choice is going to be Caesar or Christ. You may recall that Rome ruled at Christ's first coming, and Rome is going to rule at his second coming. At Yeshua's first coming, the evangelical Pharisees and mainline Sadducees declared, we have no king but Caesar. The question is, what will you say by your life choices before Jesus' second coming? You see, the presentation of this infamous mark of the beast will profoundly test your trust. There will be no way of avoiding it. The emerging spirit of the resurrecting Roman Empire, empowered by technology so astounding and seemingly unending, will cause a little horn with eyes like the eyes of a man speaking great words against the Most High, standing up against Christ himself, the Prince of Princes, to become the last Caesar to rule the earth. Jesus said, render unto Caesar the things that be Caesar's, but unto God the things that be God's. And friends, we need to be prepared to discern the difference. But the deceiver, Satan, formerly known as Lucifer, the imposter, is investing his final authority as the deceiver to draw all men to worship his counterfeit Christ, thus making Caesar the savior of the world. Now, would you be a marked man in favor of Caesar, or will you be marked for Christ? That's really what the question is. That's what the issue is. And target, professing Christians are going to be targeted to compromise their trust. Satan already has the unbelievers in his hand. What he wants to do is take down professing believers. That's what he wants to do.
The people has to have to be for, uh, persuaded to forfeit principle, spiritual principle for pragmatism. Privacy for the promise of protection and provision marketed as security and prosperity. Dramatic technological developments in virtually every sphere of life, coupled with the explosion of the information age, have gradually normalized both the concept and practice of universal identification, and few now give it any thought. But it's happening rapidly. So, spiritual deception will be accomplished by means of miracles, which the false prophet has power to do in the sight of the beast. This beast prophet will be vastly persuasive. He's going to capture the minds and hearts of the vast majority into a seductive false trust of a counterfeit savior. So we need to protect ourselves. Fathers, you need to take this seriously. Don't be afraid of frightening your children. Are you frightening your children? Will you tell them on no uncertain terms, don't run out in the street? No. Are you frightening your children on no uncertain terms and abusing them to tell them, don't put your hand in that fire? No. Don't put your hand in that snake pit. No. So what are you so afraid of in preparing the the mind and heart of your children for the times that are coming? You and I must be preparing our children and grandchildren and those in our congregations to trust in the Lord with all our heart and to lean not to our own understanding. And possession of that mark of the beast on our person will be a public declaration of your allegiance and submission to the power of the fine, the power and the promise, by the way, of the final beast empire, the resurrected Roman Empire. It will be a testimony to your true trust, and there will be no way to be forgiven of it. Revelation chapter 14 makes that very, very plain. Notwithstanding what the Left Behind series tried to tell us in order to sell books. God's people are not appointed to the wrath of man, friends, but there's nowhere in the in the Bible that says we're not appointed to the wrath of, excuse me, uh, God's children are not appointed to the wrath of God. But there's no place in the Bible that says that God's children are are fundamentally protected from the wrath of man. No place in the Bible. That's a false teaching to make people feel good so that they won't be prepared. The wrath of God will be reserved for those who reject Jesus as his anointed one, who refuse to trust Jesus Christ as Savior, and who reveal their lack of love and trust by receiving the mark of the beast. Now, before that mark comes, we still need to be ready. 
We still need to be preparing our minds and our hearts, our lives, just as John the Baptist called the people to do before the first coming of Christ, to prepare the way of the Lord. He said, repent. Repent. Come clean before God. Get your life in order. Jesus, when he took over from John the Baptist, his message was repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. When the disciples took over from Jesus, they continued the message, repent and believe the gospel. Repent is the most positive word in the Bible. It is the only hope that we have. Come clean before God, humble ourselves before him, confess our sin, whatever it may be, And he has promised that if we will do that with honor in the integrity of our hearts, day by day, as we find ourselves in situations where the Holy Spirit reveals that we have somehow violated God's expectations for our lives, we confess our sin without making excuses. And we turn from it. We have a change of mind and heart. And he's willing to forgive our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But there is one sin. Clearly, we are told that will not be forgiven. And that is receiving the mark of the beast. Now, I'm not going to use the term the unpardonable sin. I know that term. We're not going to get into the weeds on that discussion. But we do know, based upon Revelation chapter 14, that those who receive the mark of the beast are testifying for all time. It cannot be repented of because it is a final testimony to your trust and your allegiance. You will trust man and his government rather than God. The only thing that will be left then is for the wrath of God to be poured out on the children of disobedience. So where will your trust be? In man or the master? You know, it's a great privilege to come before you here day after day. It's been 26 and a half years, moving very quickly toward our 27th year. It's a challenge. As my wife and I talk about this, and we, she knows deeply what uh, her husband is doing, what we've been called to do, she knows that there are so many who just will not receive In fact, the majority will not receive. That's what Jesus said. That has been the testimony of all history. But as many as will receive, to them he gives the power and authority to be called the sons of God and to walk with him in relationship and talk with him. What a precious thing that is.
In the meantime, friends, we might want to find time to quiet ourselves before God every day. Not just for two or three minutes. For a minimum of 15 minutes. You see, he comes to us in a still, small voice. That's why the scripture says, be still and know that I am God. Some of us need to get stiller. (laughs) We need to quiet ourselves down. Stop stop being like a rat on on a turnstile or something. Because the hurrier we go, the behinder we get oftentimes, right? Let's slow down a little bit. Let's spend quality time in the Word of God. Not just reading it, but studying it, meditating upon it. Did you know, by the way, there's not one place in the Bible we're told to read it? It's true. (laughs) Not one place in the Bible we're told to read it. We're told to study. We're told how important it is that we would spend time in it. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will hide your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. But just reading it? No. Because that might be your best way to put yourself to sleep. Sometime in the next couple of weeks, we're going to do a maybe a two-part series on how to study the Bible. How to dig deep and apply it in our lives so that it comes alive and is refreshing and we encourage ourselves in the Lord just like uh, David did we'll look forward to that thanks for joining us here on Viewpoint today get a copy of the book Antichrist How to Identify the Coming Imposter $22 on our website saveus.org or write to us become a partner friends if we had seriously increased giving We could spread this message so much more rapidly. But for now, we trust the Lord with as much as he provides. Thanks for joining with us and becoming a partner. Send those gifts right there on our website, saveus.org, or write to us. God bless and be a blessing. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.